Welcome to the Australian Macadamia Society podcast. Listen in as we speak with macadamia growers, researchers and industry experts leading the way in best practice macadamia farming. For more information on anything you hear today, please head to our website, australianmacadamias.org industry. In episode three of the AMS podcast, Leone Koyatin, Industry Development Manager for the Australian Macadamia Society, speaks with Australia's Dr. Chris Searle from Macovo Consulting and South Africa's Mark Penta from the Agricultural Research Council about the use of ethrol in macadamias. Mark and Chris discuss the research in relation to ethrol use in stress plants and the guidelines in Australia for its use. What are the environmental considerations before using ethrol? What if it is used too late? What about the use of adjuvants or the use of ethrol in trees with stick tights or in conjunction with tree shakers? Mark and Chris answer these questions and more in this podcast. Today I'm with uh, Dr. Chris Searle from Australia and Mark Penter from South Africa from the Agricultural Research Council. Welcome. Welcome. Good to be here. So, um, Mark, you've been in Australia now for a week. It's great to have you here. What are the, some of the things that you've been researching in South Africa? Recently, our primary work has been on cultivar evaluations and um, kernel quality. But in the past, um, a, a big part of our work has been on the use of ethrol. So when you say ethrol, uh, what is the active ingredient we're talking about? Okay, in ethyl or ethophon, as we call it, the, the active ingredient is uh, 2-chloroethylphosphonic acid. Um, yeah. And what does that break down to in the plant? Like, if you can explain to uh, the listeners here. What does it pertain to? Break, break down to. Okay, sorry. Um, yes, the 2-chloroethylphosphonic the two acid is actually not an active ingredient, although it's labelled as the active ingredient. But in the plant, it is metabolised to ethylene and ethylene is actually the molecule that, that, does, that gives the effect that we're looking for. But ethylene is naturally produced in the plant? Yes, it is, uh, particularly under stress conditions, um, which is why we're talking today about uh, ethyl use in the stress plants, because naturally under stress conditions with ethylene already there and us adding ethylene, we're, we're not really sure how the plants are going to respond. So, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's used in stress, but it's actually or created under stress conditions, but it's actually something that we can use to be beneficial and actually help us to use drop nuts in that regard, isn't it? That's correct. As in this instance, we're using it to absize nuts so that the nut falls in a uniform manner to the ground and can be harvested readily. But there's a number of other things that uh, ethylene achieves. In some plants, it'll induce flowering. In in others, it'll inhibit flowering. It can be used as a defoliant. So there's a wide range of applications for ethylene in, in, in the agricultural sector. So it's a natural plant hormone that moves different processes towards aging. Is yes. that a good way to describe it? Or towards senescence, yes. So Chris, what is the some of the guidelines that we have in Australia for ethyl use? We It's registered in Australia for varieties, but there are recommendations that, that are out there for different levels to be used for different varieties. And um, it is a, a product that's got to be used with care, and it's got to be used at certain times of year. If you uh, over put too much in the tank and have a too high rate with some varieties, you can end up with severe defoliation. It's a product that 
must be used carefully and within the guidelines, otherwise you can really have some adverse side effects, such as creating, having to excessive leaf drop. And there are things, ways that we sort of manage that, but it's, it is a product that you must be careful with and seek guidance before you use it. So Mark, what are some of the environmental considerations before using ethyl in South Africa? Yeah, um, environmental conditions, you've, you've got to be a little bit careful about it. Um, for instance, one of our biggest complaints is, is ethyl not working as it's in, intended to work. And in particular, the nuts don't drop. And that is pertains particularly to cooler periods. So we advise growers to keep a, an eye on the mid-range weather forecast. And if there's any potential for a cold front developing, not to apply it, there won't be an effect. Conversely, um, excessively hot conditions can give you a much greater effect than, than what you expect, and you can get excessive leaf drops. So those, those are two of the more important ones. Chris, we simply have a different rule of thumb in Australia. What is that? Well, the old rule used to be only use ethyl up until uh, uh, Anzac Day. So, and that's because around that time, traditionally, under our traditional weather conditions, that was when we got the change in seasons. It went from being warm in summer to having, with cloudy overcast nights, warmer nights, to having uh, nights that were clear and with lower night temperatures. And we had that change in season where the humidity would drop out. And uh, what we see under those conditions is once we start to lose soil temperature, um, ethyl becomes much far less effective. And, it, and also, as Mark said, you'd see it come through with a cold front. It would work well before the cold front. The moment the cold front hit, it would almost stop working overnight. And we believe it's to do, in Australia, to do with soil temperature, and that's really quite critical. So in the last few years, we had seen people use it later into the season because our, our, our autumns and warm temperatures have gone on longer. But traditionally, it always used to be, don't use it after um, Anzac Day, which is, you know, a cut-off. It was an easy thing for people to remember. Yes. Can I add to that? Yes. We don't really have a cut-off date, or not a calendar date. Um, for us, the, the you know, we don't have that sudden change in weather. It, it gets gradually cooler towards winter. So for us, the, the cut-off time is closely related to when the trees are getting ready to flower. You don't want to be spraying when, when the flower buds start to swell. So that's, that's too late. But any time up until then, um, our growers do tend to use it. And what have you seen in cases when growers have used it too late when there's already been bud swell? If bud initiation has occurred, which is something you can't see by the way, but if initiation has occurred and, and the trees are approaching bud swell, bud swell hasn't occurred yet. In those instances, we will generally get a delay, a couple of weeks delay in the actual flowering where bud swell has occurred, it, it tends to damage and burn the, those flowers. Is there a rule of thumb in terms of maturity that growers use? Well, the maturity standards for macadamia is 72% oil, which generally equates to dry kernel floating on water. So we advise growers who want to apply early in the season to do a maturity test and to have at least 95% of their kernel floating on water. That's the minimum standard, but often the nuts are not sensitized to ethylene at that stage. You can spray and you'll get a very small drop. Um, we generally advise waiting a bit later in the season, which for us is around May, late April, May. So your cutoff date is often our starting date. And we said we have seen that 
again in Australia progress later. People are using later in the season than they did traditionally. It was always one of those things that uh, growers were quite sensitive about using because uh, everyone had heard the stories about the adverse effects as well. And there are, we do have some cultivars such as A16, which are very, very insensitive to ethyl. And then we have other cultivars such as 842, which are incredibly sensitive to it. So you're going to apply to the two cultivars on the same day and get a great response or nothing at all. Having said that, we really only apply to one cultivar and that's Beaumont. Although our growers do use it on other cultivars, but they're advised to do so with extreme care because we haven't tested on, on many of our cultivars and we really don't know what that response will be. But Beaumont is your most prolific cultivar in yes, South Africa? Is. Yes, it used to be around 65% of the trees in the ground. Today it's probably around 45%. And do growers get some benefit from the defoliation in Beaumont? Yes, definitely. Beaumont is traditionally unsprayed Beaumont soil. Beaumont's not treated with ethyl are incredibly dense in the centre. Um, they tend to hang on to their old leaves for a long period. And we found in the early years of our work that um, an ethyl application will drop those older leaves, opens up the canopy, creates more light inside, probably assists with flowering um, and light, in, light interception. And yeah, for, for some of our trials, we noticed not as significant, but definitely a trend towards slightly higher yields in, in ethyl treated trees. Mark, are there some considerations or to adjuvants that are used in South Africa? Yeah, generally we recommend at the very minimum a wetter. Um, if the pH of the tank mix is okay, then, then just a wetter. Otherwise, um, a buffer towards the pH of seven. Uh, it's the same here. We would recommend a wetter and we have seen probably slightly better uh, impact of using ethyl when people have used a super wetter such as Duet, which is silicon wetter where and that just ensures that you get much more even coverage over the nuts when you apply it. Um, you just have to be careful with some of those super wetters, but they do seem to give, and it is anecdotal, we really don't have any science behind it, but they do seem to give uh, an improved uh, efficacy of using ethyl. So Chris, I know that uh, Professor Stephen Truman has done some research. Mm. What has he found on the long-term impacts of so ethyl? He did, uh, I think it's part of his PhD program, a long time, quite a while ago. And he found essentially the same as Mark. So basically, that when they used it on A16, A16 and a couple of uh, other cultivars, that actually using ethyl dropped the nuts out of the tree, but it also, in subsequent years, the yield went up. And it comes back to that probably the removal of the older leaves, allowing better light distribution within the canopy, and uh, allowing the light to get through the tree. We've got a more open tree, possibly less disease but also um, just ensuring that those old leaves are out of the way, so the light's better, and they saw the yield go up without detrimental effects. However, I must stress that it is using that within the uh, right um, range for those cultivars, because there, there's a benefit from removing some leaves, but there's also disadvantages if you remove too many leaves. And Mark, have you found that when you apply to stress trees that already have quite a high uh, natural ethylene, yeah, we had one year, a very dry year, 2003, where we applied to both irrigated and non-irrigated non orchards. And definitely in the non-irrigated non orchards, we saw a decline in yield the following year, in contrast with the, the irrigated orchard in that instance where there was no effect from the ethylene. 
It's the same here. The recommendation is do not apply to stressed trees, particularly trees that you feel are impacted by phytophthora. Yes. That will only drive them further into decline, and that's certainly a recommendation. And they're also largely somewhat insensitive to it when they, when you do apply it. I suppose I should have said our, our recommendation is not to apply to stressed trees. Yeah. If you can recognise that your trees are under stress, phytophthora is, is quite easy to tell. There's other environmental stresses which are maybe not so easy to determine by our. And Mark, what about using uh, ethyl on trees that are naturally tend towards having stictites? Yeah, the stictites is, is a different story. It's, it's not going to respond to the ethylene. So you can apply it, but you're not going to get much benefit unless there's other nuts in the tree that, are, that have not um, reached a stictite situation. Chris, do you want to explain what we mean by stictites? So stictites are those brown nuts, you know, the, the husk is still on the tree, the nuts, the husk is slightly open, the nuts hanging inside, the, um, the husk is brown, it is physiologically dead. So it's dead and it's just sitting there. As a consequence of being dead, it's not going to um, react to the ethanol because it's dead. So we just have to usually get those out with um, tree shakers is the answer now. We've seen those removed, which helps break the disease cycle. Does it help if you spray the ethyl before those stick types? It would fall? be, it, it would do, but we do see some cultivars that are more prone to stick types. And this, the, again, when it comes back to the stick types, a lot of stick types are probably the result of stress within the tree. So trees that have a lot of stick types are often stressed trees. So they're the trees that you wouldn't actually go and apply the ethyl to anyway, because they've got this underlying stress. And if you're going to go down that process, you need to remove that stress before you apply it. Now, Mark, stress is a difficult thing to uh, gauge in macadamia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, look, with other, it depends on the sort of stress you're talking about. I mean, as, as said earlier, if they're under stress of, say, a phytophthora, it's, it's, it's quite easy to see. Um, but environmental stress is a different story, particularly drought stress. Um, they don't wilt readily. They don't undergo chlorosis under or in the early parts of drought stress. So yes, it, it is difficult to tell when your trees are under stress. Um, there is some studies going on in South Africa where there's potential, we see the potential to measure drought stress using stems island potential, uh, which is a measurement that almond grows in South Africa currently use but it's not widely used by macadamia growers. So that's something we probably have to adopt and then train growers to use. But before that, the, the studies that are in progress now need to give us some guidelines. So yes, there's no easy, simple way for a grower to tell that there's a stress situation. And Chris, uh, a lot of growers have used ethyl in conjunction with tree shakers. Can you explain some of that use? So in the last two or three years, we've seen a trend towards using the tree shakers, particularly up in Bundaberg. And so what the ethyl does is it um, loosens, so the nut has a little a zone close to where it joins on, and it's called an abscission zone. And what the ethyl does is make that zone where the nut's gonna fall off weaker. So when the tree shaker shakes the tree, they're much more likely to come up. It's like preconditioning the nuts ready to, for the tree shaker to come in. So we see the tree shaker a lot more, uh, the tree shaker is a lot more effective when you apply ethyl before it, and it just preconditions them ready to fall off. They may not have fallen off, but that little bit of an extra shake is what gets them off. And are there some varieties that you absolutely wouldn't ethyl? 
I would be quite uh, wary of um, using it on 842. You have to make sure that the rate is down quite low. I've seen some lovely defoliation. Use that when growers have used the wrong rates. And then conversely, we've got A16, where I've seen people use incredibly high rates and it, uh, it just is completely ineffective. Again, it changes with season, but you it's also a tool that you need to be experienced in using, but build up to it carefully. And, and uh, But also, if you're a grower using in Australia, just be aware that if you do apply it, you're going to get a lot of nuts down in two weeks' time. And so, therefore, you need to be ready that you, you have applied it two weeks late, there's going to be a lot of nut down. So you've got to look forward at your weather forecast to make sure it's not going to, they're not forecasting rain in two weeks, that you've got enough silo space, you've got the people ready to sort the nuts. Because again, I see that quite often, people go, oh, great, this is great, and they go and do the whole orchard. And then the shed can't keep up with the amount of nuts that are on the ground. And then the harvester can't get rain, there's some leaf that's also sized, it lands on top of the nuts and now they can't pick them up and they actually compound the whole situation by making it worse. So if you are going to use ethyl, there's a number of things you need beforehand, you've just got to set yourself up to be aware of it. So if you're going to do the orchard, do spray a part this week, spray another part next week and a part the week after, so you can actually cope with that, with the nut fall when it comes down. And in South Africa, are there any uh, cultivars that you don't use uh, ethyl on, Mark? We particularly recommend that it's not used on 816. Um, we've had some very large leaf drops on that at, at the recommended rate. Um, the leaves that don't drop generally turn yellow. The trees recover slowly from that, but um, it's not a desirable situation. Yeah, um, there's a few other instances, for instance, um, cultivars like 791 and, and um, 788, where ethyl actually cause an abscission of young leaves, um, new, new leaf flushes. Um, so it's critical that growers make a note of what condition their trees are in before they apply it. You don't want to target trees that have a young flush, particularly those cultivars. Well, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that either one of you want to add? No. Nope. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. Uh, it's been good chatting to you. Join us on the beautiful Sunshine Coast Queensland this October for OSMAC 2020, the Australian Macadamia Industry Conference. Over two and a half days, internationally acclaimed growers, researchers and experts will provide you with the latest results and technical information about key macadamia research, best practice, on-farm innovation and management. There's a fantastic mix of practical workshops and information sessions, a mega trade expo and lots of social networking. Tickets go on sale 31 March. For more info, visit the AMS website, australianmacadamias.org industry. You've been listening to the Australian Macadamia Society podcast. For more information on anything you heard today, please head to our website, australianmacadamias.org industry or phone the AMS on 1800 262 426.